0: The times that it's come up has been on the back end, I'll go do a quote, meet with them, everything goes great. And then they then, then they start doing their research online. They're like, okay, well, who is this company? If we're gonna hire them, then I need to figure out who they are, see if they've got reviews. And that's when it, that's when it becomes a big deal. They call and say, well, or they shoot me an email. Because people don't talk on the
1: phone very much anymore.
0: <laughs> so they shoot me an email saying, hey, couldn't really find much about you guys.
1: I remember back when I started my company 7 or 8 years ago, there was always a problem of getting clients because well, we essentially had no past clients to show that we were a trustworthy operation and reliable operation. We needed the past clients references for well, a reference and social proof so that we could get more and that was always a struggle. Building that trust with customers when we're a brand new operation. Today's guest, Gabe Calloway, he's been in business for several years with a previous operation, but he recently just shifted gears, opening up a totally new business, totally new brand, and a totally new trade. And he's going through the same stuff right now. So we talked to Gabe to find out what he's doing to build trust and what you should subsequently do and how you can build trust when you're a new operation and if you're not a new operation you're still going to get a lot of stuff that i think you've probably overlooked with time and you've let this stuff kind of slide away uh, it's a great time to bring this stuff back go back to the basics of trust building so you'll get some of that here from gabe and real quick if you're not already a member of our facebook group the home pro sales and marketing lounge it's an awesome free collaborative resource online look for it in the show notes we'll drop a link below it home service business owners and managers only that's our facebook group now on that note let's jump into the this awesome podcast with Gabe Calloway. Gabe, welcome to the Home Pro Success Show. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So, You've got a company now, you've had a company before, but you're totally shifting gears into a different trade or a more niche down trade. I'm sure you guys did some incidental work. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the company that you're starting going forward or just have started? You guys have been operating for a couple of months.
0: Yeah. So we've got an exterior remodeling company, basically anything exterior, we do it, but mainly roofing, siding, windows and, and doors, that kind of thing.
1: Okay. So roofing, siding, windows and doors, the big exterior trades. And before that, you guys had done what type of work or what had you done? And this was just you solo, I think, before that. You'd ran a company for a while.
0: Yeah. So about eight years, Callaway Construction Company did that. And it was mainly remodeling, flipped several houses. And a lot of the work was was just me, self-taught. I did most of the work myself for the first about six and a half years. And then I got smart and hired some people. (laughs) yeah that that was basically it i i started that company out of kind of a necessity for myself and my family and built it into something that that supported myself and eventually some children pretty successful had some several good years there and flipped some homes that's where i that's where i really was actually pretty successful was was flipping the homes doing all of that work myself so
1: Okay, so, so you guys are doing, though, in Callaway Construction, the initial company, you guys are doing a lot of interior remodeling?
0: Yeah, we did, we did almost everything. I mean, everything from foundations to flooring and trim and doors and cabinets all the way out, you know, out to window siding, roofing, paint, all that stuff. So
1: So. so the whole spectrum here. So I would ask, or I'm going to ask, and I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, why the shift into exterior specific or more of a niche down?
0: Yeah, the intention is to be able to basically write a manual on how to do the job. And it's really difficult to do that when you do so much stuff And you get calls to do so much stuff. That's kind of what we became known as is a a general contractor that's hands-on. And and so when you continue to get calls all over the map, it's really difficult to say, you know, I'm going to niche down. Well, okay, I I only did three of those jobs last year. It's hard to say no to the rest of the jobs that come in the rest of the year. And when you're, you know, if you try and transition, you look at what you did the previous two years, it's like, okay, well, I had seven of those. How do I turn that into a business? I, I think I need to just shift gears completely, move into a new business, start completely from scratch. I think that's going to be easier for my clients, you know, because a lot of times you're hiring uh, people aren't, especially when you start out, they're not hiring the name of the business. They're hiring you and so that's that's one of the things that was difficult in making the transition was okay well if i if i have a new business name is that going to be difficult for the people that already know me to to adapt to well no not really because in especially in a small construction company they speak to the owner 90% of the time anyways
1: yeah, I can see. I can see number one, when you said a general contractor, we're known as a general contractor that was hands-on in my head. I'm going, Wow, God, that sounds rough. You know, there's very little way that you can do very little that you can do to actually systematize that. And I know in my business, which is not a very broad spectrum business, you know, our screen enclosures and they're all fairly standardized. We've got the processes down for maybe seven services that we offer. I know just how complicated that is. I can't imagine what it was like for you basically handling anything under the sun. Somebody calls you in one day, they want new siding. Next week, you got somebody calling you in to replace drywall and repaint. You guys are just all over the place.
0: Yeah, pretty difficult to, to think about trying to put any of that on paper. And so it, it just it became evident that in my experience with business, it, it just the way of the future is systematization and getting your process in place yeah
1: systematization and and really stick into what you can do efficiently well you can 't do everything efficiently, but if you pick a few, you can do them efficiently, so you see the opportunity in that in the kind of exterior trades the roofing windows doors siding there and talk a little bit about I mean how do your customers transition to this because you mentioned that, and i didn 't even think of that you want to keep your customers with you or you want to at least keep the customers familiar with you or knowing who you are when you transition into a new trade operation name etc was there anything you did to let everybody know that hey we're still I'm still the same guy running the operation but new trade new business new name
0: yeah so social media kind of helps with that it's pretty easy for people to see that you've got more than one thing going on when you start sharing sharing another business on your personal page and so- that's been one of the easiest ways for people to associate me with the new business name and my family. So I don't, I don't think the shift has been particularly difficult just because of social media. People are, people are very okay with it. They, they are, you can almost hype it up as much as, you know, you can almost hype your customers up as much as you're kind of hyped up about starting something fresh and new, new logo, new name, new, new kind of path for you.
1: So it all went pretty smoothly. Did you take your old Facebook page and rename it? Or did you make a new Facebook page? I have to ask that.
0: So just because of the way it transitioned and how how long it's kind of taken, I did keep my old Facebook page. I didn't just change the name. And so we made a new Facebook page, a new Instagram page for this company.
1: So it sounds like what I'm hearing in my head is you're trying to cut cut all strings with the old company. So you can totally focus on the new thing. Is that mentally what you're trying to do? Kind of mentally, you want to have mentally clear air. You're like, I, you know, I just want to focus on this. I don't want to be reminded of the old operation. You know, I want to you know, stay in touch with my past customers. They'll know who we are as the new operation, but I don't want to still be fiddling around with all the old stuff.
0: That's is essentially the idea, you know, thinking about, well, this all kind of started beginning of the year. So about four months is this has been a long transition and I'm on the tail yeah. end of it now. I'm kind of wrapping yeah. up a couple of jobs that are still ongoing with my last business while trying to start this other business. But we're I mean, we're we're within five or six days of being one hundred percent cut.
1: So I know, I know, gosh, it must have been a year ago or so that I seen you had already gotten a truck wrapped for Boss Exteriors, the new business. Is that right? Am I misremembering? It was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, that was probably for Callaway Construction. I ha- nothing's wrapped for Boss yet. That's pretty high on the priority list, but it hasn't happened yet.
1: High on the priority list, but hasn't happened. Okay. So it's a figment of my imagination there. Now, where did your first customers come from for Boss? Talk about that.
0: So we use Home Advisor, and we don't actually... So our main, our main potatoes is roofs. And that's kind of what we've been targeting lately. That's what we want to continue to target. And then the other, the siding windows. And I also forgot to mention paint. Those are kind of supplemental to that but we don't actually do the full on roof replacement leads from home, home advisor because we we tried them for a while spent you know it's 120 dollars a lead or something like that for the full roof replacement leads and the rate at which we sold those was so poor that it just didn't make sense and so we would we would we actually went to roof repairs And so what, what ended up happening is we do, so I, I can go do a roof repair. It's not a big deal. I'm up there inspecting anyways. And then I usually, I'm hundred percent prepared. I tell the people that one of the things I do when I, when I talk to them initially for roof repairs, I say, Hey, this is the deal. I can't, I can't afford to come out and, and do an estimate on a roof repair. So I would like you to know that I'm hundred percent prepared to do the roof repair at the time of the estimate that way I'm not wasting a trip and then have to send someone out there or I go out there.
1: You're essentially selling a service call.
0: Exactly. I mean people people usually people are okay with that, but some people are like, "No, I need to I need to shop around." And that's when I I usually transition out of that lead because <laughs> it doesn't make sense for me. So, we have a huge metropolitan area and it takes, you know, anywhere between 45 minutes and an hour and 20 minutes just to get there. So, it just Time wise it just doesn't add
1: up. So Yeah, no, you you can't be running around doing free inspections or estimates for service call type of work. That's absolutely, you know, not feasible, at least in the long run, or unless you have, you know, a serious product ladder going on and you know the means and methods of upselling people, which you know, that, that stuff, I mean, it works, but not everybody likes doing it. You know, it's something that I don't think everybody needs to jump into. So you're pulling these leads or pulling the initial leads from Home Advisor, which oddly enough, I didn't know this was even gonna come up. I'm so intrigued by the Home Advisor thing because it's one of those things where it's like the platform is growing. You cannot ignore it. But at the same time, you know, I think there are better ways to get leads out there, but you still need to be conscious and open-minded towards this. But you weren't finding any success with the roof replacement leads. You're going more for the roof repair leads.
0: Which, oddly enough, there's about, I would say, 20% that come through that are roof replacement leads that come through the roof repair. But it's, they actually, they just click the wrong button. So they need their roof replaced and they know it they just click repair. So that's you know and they're so much cheaper. I mean they're like 10 dollars a piece.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. So repair leads are 10 bucks a piece.
0: It is 10 or 15 something like that. So Yeah,
1: not a not a material difference whereas when you go through the replacement route you're up there in you know probably 100. It gets or very, plus or minus, yeah. So So you're getting higher quality leads at a lower cost and they're you know more oriented towards what you want to sell anyway. So that sounds like it's working out quite well.
0: Yeah, so far it's been pretty good. I was going to next week we're going to try doing siding and window repair, that type of thing, and I may turn on the the full replacement leads for siding and windows just to just to kind of see, get do a little test trial, maybe 10 or 15 leads, something like that. We've been getting leads through our we're advertising on Google. The leads that I have gotten through that have been very good actually. We've gotten about 6 in the last two weeks we've only been running it for three or four and those leads have been pretty high quality
1: so so now on the google leads are well are you in the home service lead ads or are you just regular pay-per-click are you in the google guaranteed just the regular pay-per-click
0: pay-per-click
1: yep yeah okay do you guys have that google guaranteed in your trade up there in oregon you might not even have it
0: i don't i have not heard of that actually no
1: yes some trades have it. It's the Google guaranteed. It comes up a quite a bit in the group. Uh, I know it's really big in HVAC, plumbing, and I think electrical. Of course, those are the three main ones. You know that you know all the platforms really target. But you basically just pay per lead. A lot of people having good success with that, and I think that's going to you know in those trades certainly replace pay per click. I know the way Google's kind of positioning it. They're positioning those lead ads. They're Google Home serve, Service lead ads. I don't know exactly what they call them, but they're positioning those, you know, very you know, close to the top. So a lot of people clicking through to them. So I don't. It doesn't sound like you guys have them and we don't have them either in my trade. I'm just speaking on experience from what everybody else has said. So you're doing the pay-per-click, you're doing the home advisor, and now you show up out there to do your inspection or do the estimate How do you handle that? Because certainly you got to get hit with customers that say, hey, let me, you know, I want to speak to some customers that you've done work for before, or I want to look up some reviews and you guys don't have many. How do you approach that? And how often does that come up? I know that's got to come up quite a bit in a young company. It did for me. I remember back in 2012, I started Gulf Coast Aluminum. I'd show up out there and they'd be like, oh, you know, we'd like to speak to somebody you've done work for before. How long have you guys been in business? And it's like four weeks, (laughs) you know? Six months, you know, I mean, so, so that's kind of a, you know, that puts you in a pickle there. Tell us more about, you know, what comes up and how you handle that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. So first thing I do is I don't shave. If I, if I shave, then I look like I'm about 17 and they,
1: yeah, right. I'm, I'm not looking very old myself here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's my first step. The second step is just being very transparent with them. I don't have an issue with that. If they don't want to hire me because I'm too transparent, well, that's, that's just fine they called us most of the time you know they they went through home advisor they're usually okay with not having because home advisor has a you know you have to be approved and stuff and so so they keep a pretty close eye on that if you have if you get bad reviews or whatever then they're going to they're going to kick you out and not not let you do that so the trust issue hasn't been a huge deal yet as far as getting there and and doing the quote the times that it's come up has been on the back end i'll go do a quote meet with them everything goes great and then they they start doing their research online they're like okay well who is this company if we're going to hire them then i need to figure out who they are see if they've got reviews and that's when it that's when it becomes a big deal they call and say well or they shoot me an email because people don't talk on the phone very much anymore (laughs) (laughs) so they shoot me an email saying hey couldn't really find much about you guys even though, you know, we try and put out some content on our, on our website as possible, but that doesn't translate to trust in Google reviews or home advisor reviews, that kind of thing. So I think that transparency has been, been the ticket as far as booking jobs and getting people to trust you. And you just got to be a likable person and, and Make them feel comfortable. Ask them lots of questions. People like to talk about themselves. You just got to ask the right. You just gotta ask the right questions.
1: So you're taking a transparency angle to it. Let me ask: Do you guys have like a do you have a sales binder put together or anything? You know, for when you go out, are you carrying anything in that? You know,
0: not not yet. That's definitely in the in the works. It's kind of everything's on me at this point. I do absolutely everything from you know taking the first phone call, going through the Home Advisor leads, making the phone call doing the estimate, following up, I mean, absolutely everything. So I've got a full plate, but that is in the works, trying to figure out how to digitize all that, get it all on a nice, neat little iPad format to go out, do your estimate and give them a hard copy if they want it, you know, the wireless printer in the car or, you know, definitely always the the PDF version. But the stuff that's going to come, is uh, basically building the other ways to build trust with them is putting that, that binder together. Actually, one thing that I do do for, for every customer is I give them a folder. It says Boss Exteriors on it. I think I have one here. It's pretty professional looking. Let's see
1: if you can hold it up. Yeah. Screenshot it. Okay, nice. It, thank
0: that you looks for using yep. Boss Exteriors. It's, it's oversized. It's about four inches oversized, and so it really stands out. It's kind of cumbersome, actually, (laughs) so they're not going to lose it. And the the paper copy that I do is actually that big, just to give me an excuse to have an oversized folder for them. And a couple more things that I'm, I'm considering doing with each job is putting my insurance certificate in there, in every one of them with my card, also our contractor's license, in there so this is kind of all stuff that we're we're weeding out and trying to figure out exactly what needs to be there on every one of them what people are really worried about you know i want to eliminate their worries but i also want to take away their pain points at the same time so figuring out the most efficient way to do that I don't want to just give them a, an overload of paper just to give them an overload of paper so
1: no yeah so throwing back to 2012 when I was just starting GCA we would do uh, we do two of the things that you mentioned they're both of them carrying our license and insurance with us we caught on really quickly that people liked our insurance certificates. at first we just had this little hundred thousand dollar policy it was just myself and my business partner it was we needed insurance I, I don't I don't know if there's a reason or if we just knew we needed insurance. I forget it. But we had this little $100,000 policy. And people would generally kind of pick up that page. We'd carry it in our sales binder. And people would generally kind of pick it up and look at it. And we thought, well, it just says 100000 How much you know, better, how much more powerful would it be if it said a million on there? And uh, we upped it through our insurance agent you know, pretty quickly, pretty early on in there. It wasn't much more money. It, I don't think it got over $1,000 a year at that point, because do keep in mind, there was no payroll, there was very little to insure here. So we got a $1 million insurance policy and, you know, replace that in the sales binder. So the first page was our state licensing, and we'd print that out from the state website. And it was obviously different ways you can slice and dice it, depending on how your state displays licensing. Some states give, you like a card type of thing, you know, that looks like a driver's license almost. that's laminated. You know, some states do that. We just printed ours right off the Florida website. And then the next page in there was our insurance. And at that point, it was a million dollars. So we would, you know, specifically pick up the sales binder. Now I'd probably do this on a tablet, but we'd come up and be like, all right, yeah, well, you know, we're state licensed, as you can see right here, you know, and then flip the page. We've got over a million dollars of general liability insurance and then go into it like that. And when you kind of presented it like that, you know, most companies, they see the license and then they see the million dollars of insurance there was a a major level of trust and credibility. It wasn't, you know, they didn't really think we were two kids monkeying around at that point, (laughs) which I don't know if I should compare myself to two kids monkeying around, but, you know, going back to that, going back to that time, I was certainly young and relatively inexperienced. I, say this time and time again, I'm very fortunate that I made it to where I am here. A lot of determination and persistence there. But yeah, those those two documents really played a big part in, I think, building trust and credibility for us. And then customer reference lists. So you have past customers from Callaway Construction. Have you ever considered putting them into a reference list for boss exteriors? Any of the ones that, you know, are, you know, really solid references, happy with you, just calling them up and saying, hey, you know, we're, we changed names and we're, you know, doing a little bit different scope of work now. Would you mind being on our customer reference list? I think that would be pretty powerful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I think the most of my, well, I don't, all of my customers from Callaway Construction would totally be okay with. It's funny you say that. I was actually, I was, that was on my list yesterday as creating some sort of a, a reference list. And I, need to go back through and call you know at least five or five or seven or eight of them just to make sure they're okay with me that people calling me for them for another business
1: yeah that they know that they know what's coming not that they're get up, you know boss exteriors is called say so i've never heard of them exactly yeah yeah so yeah i think that i think that'd be pretty cool we, we did that really early on now we didn't have past customers at this point because we were just starting clean but you know we we started out doing the service call work and for those ones, you know, it's just like you did. Yeah, we'll come out there and we're going to fix it. Well, now from there, we just used those as our actual customer references. It really wasn't really didn't matter what the scope of work was, per se. You know, it was just that we had some names on there. So real quick, you know, within the first month, we had built up a few customer references from service calls and such Threw that into the service binder and or not service binder, but the sales binder. And we were out there using that as a way to build trust and stuff. So that, that worked pretty well for us. Have you thought about doing anything with like a flow chart or something that shows your process? Because this wasn't something that I do, but this is just something that's kind of in my head. Have you guys thought about doing anything like that? Like, you know, hey, here's what happens after you hire us.
0: Yeah. So the, the idea would be on the on the transparent, transparency model is I show up to do a quote, meet him at the front door or whatever and say, hey, I'm Gabe with Boss Exteriors. Had an appointment set up with you. Here is how we do things. So. It'll have on there, we get the phone call, set up an appointment, and then from here, here on out, here are the next three or four steps that are, that are going to play out, just so you're aware and so you can so you know what to expect from me. That's certainly going to, I think, because of the transparency model we're kind of going with, going to be a, a key factor in landing jobs for us.
1: It'll show them that you have a, you know, a plan and a process behind what you actually do you know it'll kind of put a you know i mean yeah you can go and you can say all right well the next thing we do is after inspection you approve the estimate we get a deposit maybe maybe not i don't know exactly how your business model would operate there but then we get a permit or do these roofs have to be engineered at all i don't know if you guys have any engineering to deal with
0: no not not as far as the residential roofing there's some some concerns on commercial roofing but even that is is such a big gray area that that it's not super common to have to do engineering but yeah. So the other the other thing with the transparency model and giving them the flow chart is I feel like when people go to hire a contractor for pretty much anything, they don't really know what to expect because everyone does something different as far as how they how they provide their their service before they even give a, an actual service to them, you know, before they're hired to do the service, people don't know what to expect. Okay, well, I'm, I made the phone call and when should I expect the quote? If you don't give it to me the same day like when you're on site, when can I expect it? When can I expect a phone call for a follow-up? It's kind of a people are operating in the dark as far as the the customer goes. You know, they I feel like so when you give them the flow chart and say, "Hey, I'm going to follow up with you in 48 hours." They're like they can expect that to happen. And not like a you know, maybe in a week I'll get I'll get around to calling you or, you know, they don't have to go out of their way to call me because they already know it's going to happen.
1: They're, they're waiting for you to call. They're waiting for that call. And they're thinking, hey, I'm going to tell him this when he calls. One thing I'll say that comes up surprisingly, even in my company here is people call in and they'll be like, well, I want to go ahead with it. What happens now? It's like, no, you know, we need to get that stuff addressed beforehand or or will say even worse than that. I want to go ahead with it. What do I do? Well, you call in, okay, that's step number one, you know, and next step, make that deposit, you know, and sign the service agreement. But so many people, I think are not off put, but they don't know exactly what to do. There's no specific in marketing terms. There's no specific call to action. When you're ready to go ahead with this, here's what you do. And then this is going to happen type of thing. But I think there's some people that just kind of fall by the wayside and ultimately fall out of the sales process.
0: Sure. No, that's that's absolutely right.
1: So yeah, I think uh, I think it's quite powerful there to actually put it into you know a step by step process and then show them that you have a plan and process in place for handling the project, so that they know you're not just some company that's going to string them along for you know months on end and ultimately never get the work done.
0: Yeah, workflow workflow management I feel like can win and lose jobs all day long, and if you're showing people that you do it better than the re- than the next guy then you're going
1: to win. So many of the, all the other companies, you know, say it verbally, but there's something powerful about putting a tangible, you know, visual or a visual that's tangible, usually in the form of a paper, of course, putting that behind actually what you're saying gives it some solid substance and actually makes it trustworthy at that point, as opposed to just words that you're spitting out of your mouth and that the customer's perceiving as a sales pitch or baloney. At that Yeah, point. I mean,
0: everybody says that. Everybody says they have the best process. Or for you know for the or the best the best product or the best installers or whatever everybody says that there's no salesman that doesn't say that, <laughs> so you have to somehow set yourself apart and that's that's one way that we're trying to do that.
1: Yeah, a visual diagram on that I think would work wonders. Now, kind of shifting gears here, have you ever thought about the BBB in terms of accreditation?
0: Yeah, so we so my previous business Callaway Construction, I was accredited for. I signed up right away when I started my business. As soon as they called me, I, I signed up. Oh, so up.
1: you signed up. You signed up way long ago. Like, I mean so I mean for you or you you have a lot of, I guess what I'm saying here is you have a lot of experience with the BBB.
0: Yeah, I was with them for about 6 years and got to a point where it just didn't pay off anymore and around here there's actually kind of a it's lost its value a little bit. In the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest is like a BBB is regional, and so we're part of the the five state region or something like that. And for whatever reason, and in, in my market, it is it hasn't become as much of a big deal as it as it was maybe ten years ago. I remember my my dad owned you know he's owned a paving company since since 1984, and he had he had had his BBB accreditation for. 25 years or something like that. And he came to the same place that I did almost at the same time. It was like the people that are going to the BBB around here to find a contractor for whatever reason, it's nothing against the BBB. I think it's a great idea, a great format. It's just kind of worked its way into this, this place in the market where you're getting kind of, kind of really needy customers (laughs) that that are overbearing and they're the they're let's see over six years I got probably one job a year so that was fine it paid for itself not super expensive service paid for itself but I will say I can remember every one of those customers because they were <laughs> in the neck and I don't know why I don't know why it's I why it's become like that around here but I I do think that it Says something when you have the BBB badge on your truck or on your website or something.
1: Yeah, even making it a part of the sales binder. I mean, do you feel do you feel like it's a powerful influence in the sales process? Saying hey, we're BBB accredited. Forget about you know the leads that you actually get from it. You know, do I mean, do you think it's a powerful trust building factor when you're actually out there selling?
0: I think that any value you can add, no matter how insignificant, in your sales process is Usually worth it unless it takes more than five seconds to say it, and that would be something that you you know just goes in the sales binder. It's part of the information that they keep with them in my in their folder. So that's actually a good point. I I hadn't really thought of that. You know, like I said, we're very new, so I'm kind of coming up with all all this stuff as it comes up and trying to implement it immediately. So that's a good point. I, I think we might actually try and do that.
1: Yeah, that was something we did we had signed up with them very early on we're no longer accredited but we basically just used it as a as a trust builder you know we we had the logo printed out on the paper in the sales binder and hey we're bbb accredited you know, I know in your area up there, the Pacific Northwest, you've got a much younger demographic than what I've got to work with here in Southwest Florida. Most of our customers are over 50. That demographic really values the whole BBB. They look at the BBB as like the FBI, you know, it's the real deal, uh, you know, up in uh, your area. Well, it's kind of, I'm sure fizzling out and your area is a real hotbed for all the newer type of stuff that Yelp, I think is popular in the Pacific Northwest all along the west coast more popular than it is here not to say that it isn't popular but it's just more popular out there in the oh i don't know maybe angie's list home advisor people give more credence and weighting to those platforms than they do the bbb whereas in my service region the bbb far exceeds in terms of credence what any of those other platforms do yeah so in my case that worked out really well for us doing it but It's up to you, obviously, you know, if you go out there and do it for yours, I'd be interesting to see, you know, what you have to say. But one of the things you kind of mentioned on there is, you know, if there's, I think you basically said, you know, if there's any type of trust building or formula or not trust building formula, but trust building factor that you can put into, you know, your sales and marketing, go ahead and do it. And I think that's pretty strong because so often people look for like, where's this one thing at that's going to make the difference? And there's never one thing in any form of business or any business topic that makes a huge difference you know you really have to look at how all these things work in aggregate you know do, do you agree with me on that
0: oh absolutely
1: yeah i mean well, i guess you you kind of already agreed with me because i'm agreeing with what you said yeah so if we if we kind of looked at it like that but yeah for those of you guys out there listening keep that in mind you know there's never going to be this just one miracle magical thing that you do and it just changes everything you know it's a factor of hey we're on BBB. Yes, we're on Yelp. Look at our views there and look at our Google reviews. It's this holistic picture that you kind of have to take, a, take to solve it or not to solve it, but to make it all fit together and work. So yeah, so go with that. So I mean, just to kind of go back through, I mean, we talked a lot about a sales binder, you know, getting a million dollars of insurance, license printout, customer reference list, workflow diagram, anything else you think should be added to a sales binder? As you're coming up with yours, I, I'm sure you're going to get to making that you know, today. <laughs> Maybe some pictures of some past work. What were you thinking about adding?
0: So no, not necessarily anything that's added to the sales binder. I can't remember if we we talked about this yet, but something that comes up and it's almost kind of an awkward moment or transition in each estimate that I do as I'm going through the whole process is... Meet him at the door. Say, "Hey, I'm Gabe with Boss Exteriors. You know, we're here to measure your roof, give you a quote." <clears throat> something that that inevitably happens, and this is this is also on my list of things to do because it's a it's a bit more time consuming. I think I'm going to make it pretty simple and and straightforward. But something that I plan to do as part of that process is after I. Say hey, I'm here to measure your roof. I'm gonna go up and measure the roof, but before I do that, I don't want them just in, in their house stewing, like uh, you know, listening to me walk all over the roof for 15 minutes or something like.
1: Or, or worse, trying to follow you up the ladder or you know, down on the ground shouting at you. Hey, what, what do you see up there? How does it look? You know, check this side too. I got, I think I got a leak over there. <laughs> yeah, the chimney's
0: not in good condition, or whatever, whatever they have to say, but something that I want to avoid those types of awkward interactions is our, we plan to make a video because we are a family business. I own the business, with my dad and my brother and my mom. And so one thing that we want to do is make a video for them to be able to watch while I'm inspecting their roof. And it's not going to be a long drawn out thing. It's it's going to be a, who are we video and what exactly, are yeah. we what do we do and why do we do it? You know, it might be as short as three minutes, but it'll give them something to think about and connect with while I'm on the roof doing an inspection. Cause I, I just feel like there's in the past three weeks, I've done probably 30 bids. And I think that the vast majority of them almost always have that awkward moment where I have to like turn my back to them and go get the ladder out of the truck. But, you know, and,
1: and they're just kind of standing there, like looking around, looking at the sky, like, what should I be doing? Yeah, exactly.
0: And then there's also a reason for me to come back and and have a conversation with them after I'm done, as opposed to, you know, if I'm handing them a, a tablet or an iPad or or even if I send them a link or something like that to their, you know, forward them a link on their on their cell phone for them to watch. You know, it, it just it, it kind of breaks the ice. It makes it a little more personal for them. So I don't know. It's, it's something that it's not like a salesy type tactic. I'm not trying to convince them to go with us because we're a family business and I have kids, but you know, it really is going to be a genuine, this is who we are. And this is why we do what we do. And this is, you know, this is our goal for you. So.
1: Yeah, your story. I mean, that's something that I think should be a part of everybody's sales process. I think the idea of putting it onto a tablet is absolutely great and making it a video and handing that off to them and I can see the, you know, the power in that while you're up there on the roof, they're entertained and you're not having to, you know, have awkward conversations with them or, you know, keep them entertained at the same time you're doing their inspection. And at the same time, they wouldn't even they might not even watch the video because attention spans are so short. But what else are they going to be doing for this 10 minutes? So you've got it right there in front of them. And they know that you're they should be watching it. And they're expecting to watch it because you told them to. So you basically got their captive attention right there. There's no better time than right there to really stick that kind of content in front of them. I think that's a pretty good idea. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in your trade, you know, in a lot of trades, it's more of a engage the customer and, you know, show them the problems and stuff. But in your trade where if you're up on somebody's roof, you can't have them up there for liability reasons. You know, so you have got the well, you you've got to kind of keep them entertained with something else essentially. And great time, I think, to kind of use that and, you know, do your company story. Whereas in my case, you know, if we're inspecting the screen enclosure or, you know, looking at the damage on that, we can walk them through side by side and show them you know, you can't exactly bring them up on the roof with them. So yeah, I think that's an awesome idea, man. I want to see what this video looks like once you got it done.
0: Yeah. We're actually in the, pr- in the process of, because, so a little more, a little more backstory. So my, my dad and brother and mom also own a paving company. And that's the one my dad's owned since 1984. Just, uh, r- not really roads, but driveways, parking lots, mostly, mostly private, pretty much all private since in the last seven or eight years, pretty much stopped doing all the roads and highways and that type of stuff. But so the idea is that we're going to, we're going to hire a social media guy or a video guy, basically part-time starting this, uh, this summer sometime, basically to make content for these companies. And so we're, we're partnering up kind of joining forces and and creative brains to put together some, some formats, some ideas, kind of brainstorm some types of videos some different types of content we can put out. And I think it's going to create tons and tons of value because there aren't, there aren't any paving companies or roofing companies, especially in our area that put out video content. That's like professional and like, Especially in the form of ads, but even more so in the form of like what I was just talking about, like the who are we and why, why do we do what we do video that I want to give them during the, the sales process. Just, nobody does that. I mean, I don't know any, any old, you know, roofing contractor that, that does that around here. You know, you see the occasional Instagram story of him showing his guys on the roof or whatever, but I want to, I want to skip that part. I just want to go straight to the content and be like, Hey, we're, we're the real deal. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I obviously do a lot of that. And in my experience, what's worked the best is just the authentic content. You know, you it doesn't need to be like super professional. It needs to be professional in that, you know, you guys are wearing a clean shirt when you do it type of thing, but it doesn't need to be overly edited and super professional. But that stuff, if you're consistently getting it out there and strategically delivering it to the customers, that's, that's another, that's a whole challenge with it is, you know, nobody really finds content. They don't spend enough time on your website to really absorb it. So you have to kind of be in your face, in your face, in your face with it. That stuff works great. And if you're in a market where nobody else is doing that, and there's tons and tons of markets, even in my market, nobody else is doing that. And they have seen me do it for the last seven or eight years. It's incredibly powerful stuff, getting it out there in front of the customers, using your story and just showing the operations. Because, you know, when you think about it, what's the number one fear that clients have when they're looking to hire a contractor? And that's that they're going to give a deposit, pay some money, and you're going to run off with their money or leave the project half finished what is more powerful than showing them here's a project that we completed this past week for Jane. Here's another project that we completed this past week for John, you know, and just consistently having fresh content around your projects and operations, your company, showing people that you're a real living, breathing company that's completing work. There's really not much more that you can get in terms of trust building than doing that right there.
0: Exactly. And, and that's, that's what we're after. So the, the, Along that same lines, if I go through and I make a video of what it looks like from start to finish, from the time I get a phone call from somebody to an estimate all the way through the process, you know, find a client that's okay with you videotaping them basically and make that whole video. And somebody sees that and they, they, they then know what to expect. Once again, going back to the workflow, they know what to expect. And if they don't get it, Well, that's my fault because I've set an expectation in their head. So that almost takes some pressure off of me because it it lays out again and again and again the process exactly as it's supposed to be.
1: Yeah, I think that's incredibly strong stuff. Anybody can do it no matter where you're at really in your business, too. If you're just starting out, hey, you've got a project on the books right now, you know, turn that into the actual process video. You know, and if, you know, if you're struggling out there to find new work, then you should have the time on your hands to create this video essentially is what I'm saying and do that. So, you know, if you're listening, go out there, whatever project you're on now, turn this into a project and a transformation video and you don't have to worry about making it this awesome professionally edited video, just video shot with your cell phone, handheld camera works great. I have a Facebook ad out there. One of my very first Facebook ads that really took traction from 2014 Is me holding a camera, you know, just like this in my hand, walking and talking on the project, basically describing what it is. And at the end, I just say, hey, if you'd like to get a quote for this, click the link or button below and send your information over. Be happy to talk to you and work up an estimate. And that's worked out well. And people, essentially what I'm doing is describing the process of the project and the people either you know, need an estimate and they request an estimate or some people that have already gotten an estimate will see it. Now they have a better understanding of the process. So that's worked out quite well there for getting, uh, you know, getting the trust built. Yeah, that's good. All right. So on that note, I think it's basically time to wind down here. We've been going for 40 or 50 minutes. I haven't been keeping an eye on the time, but I know it's uh, approaching the kind of deadline here. So Gabe, if anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way of doing it?
0: Yeah. So you can, you can call me directly. That's just fine. Uh, <laughs> if you have questions about anything we've talked about today, I'd be more than happy to chat with you. I'm all over the, the internet boss exteriors on Instagram, as well as Facebook. So that's the easiest way.
1: Yeah. So you can also go in the Facebook group. We'll share a link to this podcast when it gets published in there. And I think, you know, both Gabe and I will keep an eye on it. If you have any questions, drop a comment, any feedback, thoughts, Gabe, we're going to have to have you back on here in a year. I know you're going to have, you know, a serious book of business and while well, all the headaches that come along with it, once you get that, you know, uh, just after you start getting all this stuff implemented out there.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. I'd be happy to.
1: All right, Gabe. Thanks for joining me today. Of course. You've reached the end of another episode of the Home Pro Success Podcast. Connect with us and join our collaborative Facebook group at homeprosuccess.com.